Hey, this is Harpo the Healer. Welcome to Harping with Harpo series. These podcasts are a supplement to Harpo the Healer on YouTube. The podcasts cover a wide range of subjects, everything from mysteries to uh, feats like Scott of the Antarctic, uh, famous battles and um, great aviation heroes like Amelia Earhart. Check back through the pods, you'll find something really interesting, I'm sure. It's not all just about blues and the harp. Today is an update of the D.B. Cooper mystery. Now, if you haven't seen the others, go back to our pod 12 of our original. Gives you a complete, comprehensive analysis of the D.B. Cooper mystery and hijack, unsolved in American history. And then we did pod 17, which was a psychological profile of exactly what happened on the aircraft and a psychological profile and what our findings were. So if you're not familiar with the case, do that. And so today is the 17th of August, 2022. And this is an update on the DB Cooper hijack mystery. Simply because Netflix, in their wisdom, keep on doing documentaries on DB Cooper and yet another one in the last uh, few months has come to light with another person coming forward saying, they think they know they've solved it and all the rest of it, when we clearly know that they haven't. In fact, one guy spent an absolute fortune of his money trying to solve it and the FBI saying, nope, nothing new here. So we're looking into the reasons why. What is the motive for these people and why they have these conventions and all the rest of it? So that's a sort of, it's sort of a light-hearted view that we're looking at today and probably put a final stamp on it so sit back and enjoy. RJ's a friend of mine. He's, uh, these are long distance recordings using internet technology. Run titles, Harpo the Healer, Blues Harp and Voice and Lyric. Okay, here we are today. This is Harpo the Healer, and now we've got RJ back. How are you today, RJ? I'm fine, thanks. And so we're going to talk about the update, really. Uh, we're trying to consider why, <laughs> why, why these endless documentaries are, are, are sort of, of going ahead. So I suppose we start there, RJ. Really, why do we? Why do you think they um, they keep running them? And there's Wow, that's amazing. I think it's fantastic. I think it's just perpetuating the myth of D.B. Cooper, which I think is at the end of the day, what people like, what we all like. Don't you think? I do. Back in the day, many, many years ago, I told you on the other documentaries, I'd done a lot of free fall parachute work. And I think that it's like anybody that's, say, for example, done some parachuting or anything might get sucked into what they call the Cooper vortex, as I right. guess... You and I quite almost comically have been sucked in when we're trying to look at it ostensibly. Yeah, we're trying to sit on the edge of it. <laughs> yeah, trying not to fall in. Yes, but that, but that <laughs> vortex, so that swirling mass of water and air. Um, <laughs> I think Bruce Smith, the journalist, aptly uh, aptly uh, talked about that, and I, he's he's quite right. It's it's kind of. It kind of sucks you in. And for us, it, we I see it almost as in a slight comical way. But nevertheless, it does take you down a, 
down a route. Fascination as well, isn't it? There's a fascination with watching other people that are slightly, where dare I say, obsessed with the whole phenomenon. And that program where you were just talking about, the Netflix, does expand on a few of those characters, doesn't it? Yes, we're all fascinated by the uh, Amelia Earhart's that we did a thing on. You know, we've we've done a podcast on that. You know, people who I did a podcast on uh, motorcycle races, people who tend to do things that perhaps the ordinary person wouldn't do, but but somehow seem ordinary in, in another sense. You know, um, but this yeah. the, the DB Cooper thing is sort of sort of the um, he's he's on the edge of of uh, sort of the guy that got away with it. I don't know, sort of sort of a bit of a anti-hero kind yeah. of character. folk hero. Yeah, so I kind of they do talk about that in the documentary, a sort of folklore hero. He become modern day folklore hero, isn't he? Yeah. DB Cooper. But it, it just seems ludicrous to me that after over fifty years. That what you've got after 50 years, if if it was a local bank robbery or a local uh, theft that hadn't been sold, well, there wouldn't be loads of people forming clubs and conventions mm. trying to follow the local. If there's such a thing as a low key bank robbery, I don't know if there is, yeah. but, yeah. you know, but, you know, it seems so odd. But all this is in one sense is a robbery. It's yes, it's a hijack, but it's a. It's just something that happened that didn't get solved, but people are absolutely obsessed with it. I think it's it's audaciousness really sort of fitted in with the the spirit of the time, maybe, didn't it? With everybody thinking he was a bit of a cool cat and they thought he was a bit of a cool customer to be able to do something like that uh, in a time when you had that the background of the, the war, the Vietnam War and various other things going on. Absolutely. And it just reminds yeah. me of them. Um, it's very similar to the guy, the guys that are obsessed with it and go to the conventions. A bit like the guys that get in the car, a couple of folding chairs, a couple of big thick fishing rods on top, and then mm. drive up to Inverness and then uh, sit on the lock there with a pair of binoculars waiting for Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, to come out. And those same people, I think, are the very people that will probably solve the uh, the D.B. Cooper uh, they situation. may solve it. They may solve it, but it, they'll they'll also ten years or fifteen years will sort of fly past in no time, <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll maybe realise it's not easy. You know, so so the very same people could take the same folding chair and sit at the side of Tina Bar, looking at the Columbia River, thinking that you know something was going to float up to the surface any second. Um, yeah, just and it's also just at the moment they're there, isn't it? As well, you get that you get that feeling. You know that feeling where you stand like sit, as you say, on the edge of Loch Ness, and it's like he's going to pop his head up any second now. You know, just because you're there. You know. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the theories of Loch Ness, you know, you've got these people that thought it was a. It could it could it have been a giant squid that people saw, and it was just happened to be one of its tentacles. Yeah, and then yeah, the theory the behind yeah. the fact that yeah, but giant squids, this is fresh water, fresh water, and the depth of a giant squid, there's no chance it'd get into that lock. And it's just like the DB Cooper, you go off on these tangents, mm. and then they open mm. up into other little rabbit warrens and yeah. labyrinths, don't they? And yeah, they create these forever. theories, don't they? Yeah, the science takes over almost, doesn't it? And then you start questioning the science sometimes. Yeah, it's almost like we know too much now. Yeah, yeah. But does that kill the myth? Is that trying to kill? I mean, obviously, resolving the resolving the mystery would would kind of end it, wouldn't it? Would it be Would it be sad if it got resolved? Yeah, there's, there's two things I got from it. There's um, a chap called um, I mentioned this to you just before we started the talk. He, he's in the documentaries. A chap called Eric Euless. He's been known as a, a D.B. Cooper expert for about 14 years. Well, compared to people like Bruce Smith and um, people like that and perhaps Jeffrey Gray, that's um, maybe not quite as, um, you know, as expert as they are, whatever an expert means. But, you know, they he's still they're still falling little bits more of what they call evidence on the tie and taking it to the ultimate degree of looking at the um you know the little spots on the tie more bits of aluminum or a bit of canadian airspace or something in the tie yeah, yeah. which is all brilliant to a point and then i yeah. say to myself but as the cia lady said who was an expert in disguise it's probably not his tie anyway no 
So he all might... that is complete waste. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he might have just picked it up from a, a thrift store or something like that. In America, exactly, they're thrift stores, yeah. aren't they? So, so it boils down to the fact when we did our 50th anniversary one, I think we did the right thing because we worked on what we knew. So mm. we actually worked on what we did know is what happened on the plane and we worked on his character. So we knew we absolutely know what happened on the plane. So that's what we focused on. Which makes uh, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to go by the facts, uh, and uh, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. And there's so there's so many theories, and one of the theories that we nobody's ever touched on, which uh, could well have happened. We know he could have dropped down dead in the drop, and you and I had several suspects that are very very strong, including, of course, Rackstraw, who uh, you know we 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 had him on that on that shortlist. Yeah, but um, the fact that if he has explosives in the briefcase, right, mm -hmm. people never touch on this. So you've got, you know, detonation at high velocity. So you've got basically you've got four characteristics on your explosives. You know, you've got a chemical compound or a mixture and it's going to be ignited by heat, shock, impact or friction or a combination of those. Mm -hmm. So when he goes out back out the back, it's as likely that the whole thing blew up as he went out the back. Oh, right. But then that's if it was a sort of operational sort of bomb, if it was actually going to work. It might have not worked. It might have, but uh, I, I, I'm always of the opinion that that was real. I'm always of the opinion. The uh, I'm, I'm always of the opinion that it was real. But would he not, real. like, um, what do they call it, deep kind of... Uh, decommissioned or whatever. Decommissioned, decommissioned yeah, would he not, when he knows he's done the deal, he's got it. Yeah. He's realising, like, if I'm going to be banging about as we come down on the uh, thing, he would have just sort of said, right, I'll disconnect that wire. Yeah. I and mean, it's still quite dangerous, isn't it? Because you've got the... Very dangerous because it can still yeah. go off by heat. But if there's no heat, shock, impact or friction. Yes, yeah, so if he lands... Any of, those, about, any of yeah. those can set that off. Yeah, that's interesting. That is an interesting aspect of it. But would maybe... Would he not have thrown the bomb? But then that would have left evidence, wouldn't it? It would have left evidence if he tried to throw the bomb away when he's... Flying yeah. down. You couldn't have said to Tina Mucklow, do you mind taking this into the cockpit? I've got to go <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. But, um, that interesting, but, that. That's, but that what's interesting like. is why, and you mentioned this before, particularly in our American cousins, why they, they really enjoy their conventions and, mm. Uh, mm. and they have these conventions. Well, it, we, we discussed this about the flat earthers, God bless them, you know, um, yeah. they have their theories and that's fantastic what they believe as we believe what we believe. And we've, we've kind of been through that. But at the end of the day, you look at it and it's about people making money from books or from yeah. memorabilia or it, it, that kind of thing, because there's no other reason. Yeah. yeah really, well, that, to have it. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the world we live in these days, isn't it? To sort of monetize, commodify anything you can. And uh, mm. to even, it, you know, even if you try and avoid all that, even if you try and at, do stuff that's anti-commodification as such, try and get it out of that marketplace, mm. I think ultimately it will still come back, as you say, books and things. People yeah. like to sell books. Like to I mean, the books. two guys that came out of that documentary, the, the journalists that seemed to come out of it really well, Obviously, Bruce Smith, he's done, he's been doing it forever, that guy. And he, yeah. kn he knows so much. And and Jeffrey Gray, the one that they allowed I did to have Jeff all the Gray. FBI stuff. They allowed him to have everything, of which poor old Bruce Smith, who's been doing it forever, said, well, you know, why why didn't they let me do it? So give it to me. But, but then again, he did write a book sort of having a kind of a go at the FBI. Yes, that may have. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's called DB Cooper and the FBI, and that's why they, they let it go to Gray because they they thought he he was more sort of um, perhaps sitting on the fence. Maybe I I don't, but that's how it sort of panned out. But yeah. um, but for me, and I don't know what you think. I think that there was nothing. I think the FBI did a fantastic job. I mm. think that um, yes, there'll have been rivalry between a small office in Portland and probably bigger offices in LA, and each one wanted to probably solve the crime. And there'll have been a lot of that going on. But I don't think there's any skullduggery going on. I think that um, losing the cigarette box, I think that was just a, it's just, a, as we said, our, our, um, our podcast, it was yeah. just part, part of life. There's no, there's no, there's no, what I'm saying is there's no conspiracy there. No, no. 
No, I think it's this. It's, it's pretty standard, isn't it? There's always mistakes made, and yeah, uh, I don't think actually intending for something, some skullduggery going on. Uh, yeah, and that, this is. But do you not think we live in the age of conspiracy where people think? Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they like to perpetuate these things. I mean, this is this is the whole thing. This is what we're kind of talking about. Is how does it keep itself going over these years? Um, yes, an unresolved mystery is always a good one. It's just sort of a, it keeps on giving, doesn't it? It's one of those things that keep on giving. Yeah. I mean, there's another thing that they've done in these recent documentaries, right? We're looking at the flight path and we looked yeah. at it and we worked it out, the 66 miles out of 127. We worked out the distances and everything. Mm. And the only thing, the only thing, and it gets you and I into the vortex there, is, yeah. and I think I mentioned it in our 50th anniversary, is the fact that in my view, they will be flying much faster than stall speed before they slow the plane down. Mm. So they're so what I'm suggesting is that they're further south. They're they're further up there, the other side of Portland probably before he jumps. They think right. he's further back. But I'm mm. suggesting he didn't take the plane up and then just keep it just above stall speed for 20 minutes and then he jumps out. I'm mm. thinking he, he he's taken the plane faster and right. then he slows the plane down. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. therefore, he's further up the road. He's further. He's twentieth. Do they not have all that on the uh, the black box thing for the aeroplane? Do they have black boxes in those days to sort of show the history of? Um, the I'm, not, I'm not. I'm. I'm assuming they will have done in the seventies. I'm not. I don't know. They might not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. They could have emulated it. Even now, they could reconstruct. And of course, when he said fly down Victor twenty three or Vector twenty three. Mm. There's no way on God's earth that pilot is going to deviate much off that corridor because it's a mm. low level corridor under 10,000 that he knows if he flies down that he's not going to hit anybody coming the other way. There's not mm. going to be a little pilot. There's not anybody coming the other way. If he goes one way, there's mountains and volcanoes. He can't afford to he can't afford to veer off that too much. So. Yeah. Basically, the pilot's gone down where he's asked him to go because he knows it's a safe route. So I don't, I don't think there's any skullduggery or any any. No, any, no. I think it's just where whereabouts he drifted, basically. Yeah. Is he further yeah. north or further south? As you and say, that, we looked at that. Before. Aspects of the program or the documentary, did you think were were revealing? Um, I think the bit about um, possible bits on 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 the tie. Uh, they, they did an awful lot on Rackstraw, and I think that uh, Robert Rackstraw is a fantastic character. Will make a fantastic Hollywood movie. He's done he done so much. What surprised me is that he was completely and utterly straight for ten or twelve years teaching in a in a in, mm. in, in a college. So somewhere along the line, he's gone completely straight after always been on the edge of not being quite straight. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting to me. And the other thing about Rackstraw is he he um, deal with the wig. Now they talked about him okay. that he yeah. used he liked to con his way into places and use yeah. the, the wig and possible mustache. Well, I know. I have I've had friends who were yeah. who used to be in the special forces and then went into security. And I know for a fact, because I've been shown this, that when guys do surveillance, they keep um, several wigs in the back of the car. And I laughed at one guy and says, what on earth is that for? And he says, we do surveillance where I'll just park up in a particular vehicle and watch mm. them at night. Look, I'll put this wig on. They put the wig on. I says, that looks ridiculous. He says, no, no. And he says, you put a hat on top. So from back view, with, mm. a, with a wig and a hat on, it just looks like somebody completely different. Yeah. In yeah. the half light, he says, it's a known thing that we do. And then this is the thing. Mm. I found out about Florence Schaffner, one of the air hostesses. Yeah. She decided to start using wigs because of uh, people propositioning her going from A to B on internal flights. Right. So she may well have been carrying wigs on that plane. Yeah. And then and and they talk about people changing disguises, and that's yeah. these are kind of new things that I was thinking. Right. Okay. okay. Now that they might mean nothing. They might it might absolutely mean nothing. But that was that was the sort of new things for me that I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. It does sort of work with the your theory about the Barbara Dayton theory. You know that it's. Yes, and and, and and to be fair, Rackstraw is so close between the two of them, as we said on the other one. When yeah. it boils down to actually doing it, Rackstraw mm. 
isn't isn't it's the actual thing of going out over trees and over water at that at night without yeah. the these things in place i i just really don't think he you really got to be on the edge of uh, the I, i've had enough I, I really don't care border on when you see his history of how he's lived with the yeah. cia and working in iran and everything else i can't i can't he see that he, he, he's gonna he's gonna go on a really? suicide mission out the back but data yeah, yeah. Uh, that was interesting. And the other bit that I thought was uh, slightly weird and interesting, but again, it kind of confirms the whole depth people go to in terms of the mystery, is the chap who was looking, analysing the letters that had been sent to the FBI. Oh, yes. He was, he was trying to get these codes, wasn't he? He's was trying to get codes in in the lettering. He believes that... And it's turning that... it into numbers, didn't he? That's got some name. They use it for the Bible, don't they? People try and analyse yes, the Bible and the, the, the same CIA way. lady or whatever, or, or one of the CIAs say that... And the problem is, if you look hard enough for something you're trying to find... Yeah. Yeah. When it's not there, you you will actually find it. Patterns, isn't it? It's all for seeing even patterns. Though it's not, even though it's not correct. Yeah, yes. It's bizarre, isn't it? Again, that adds to the myth because I think people uh, who I was just thinking about in my head there, you know, the, well, the more infamous Jack the Ripper cases, he, the, the perpetrator of those in the past, wrote notes to the police saying how you yeah. still haven't caught me. He taunted the police, didn't he? Yeah. And it's, I didn't realise there were letters that were sent to the FBI. Well, that's right. And it's quite interesting because they think that some of the letters by Jack the Ripper were, were hoaxes. Mm. Well, some yeah. of the letters for the Yorkshire Ripper, the Yorkshire mm. Ripper that were sent to Oakfield and the voice were hoaxes. Yeah, so they were hoaxes, if we look at right, these yeah. things as, bit, as yeah. then in the D.B. Cooper case, you would say, well, if that pattern's uh, correct, mm. then... They're all hoping. They, and obviously they released all those letters as part of that data release, didn't they? Yes, apparently. But the gentleman with the white hair, I've sadly forgot his name, is a really good guy, actually, but who worked with yes. Tom Colbert. But yes. he was really interesting because he says at the end of the day, I can't believe it's categorically Rackstraw simply because if the FBI don't believe it, then he says they have to know more than we do. He says, so reason, therefore yeah. you have to respect the fact that they yeah. they ruled it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but then did, was he being clear as to why they think why they ruled it out? I mean, it, it always no, he wasn't like, clear. Hmm. It wasn't clear. I don't know why. And that bit where the CIA thing kicks in, isn't it? Where there was potentially they reckon there was a deal done, wasn't there? Where he didn't want to be exposed as someone working for the yeah. CIA. Which I think after 50, I think after all those years, I don't think it'd make any difference. No, you. no. There'll be plenty of people that uh, run drugs across the borders and contracts. Yeah, but that's if he was doing the stuff pre-1971, you're saying? He was working for the CIA before 1971? I think he was recruited while he was in the military around 71. Mm, mm, mm. But but I but I, I but whatever he did after, were they protecting him? Possibly. So that would be I, don't, I don't. I don't. Would, how long do they keep these files? Um, normally, there's a sort of time period, isn't there? Yeah, the there is. Of, I'm not. I don't know. Whether it's in America, it's less time. Yeah. Whether it's here, it's and of more course, the other major suspect that we went through the um, that they brought up, where a lot of people still believe that it is, is uh, Richard McCoy Jr. Of course, because. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, they've uh, there's a guy done a documentary on the YouTube, and he's a pilot and he's a free fall guy, and he's he's done all this. A very very experienced guy, and he he's convinced he's after interviewing the the grown up kids now. He's convinced that McCoy Jr. and his wife did it, and that they were in Las Vegas together on that time. Mm -hmm. They they fabricated that where they were, and that they'd done it, and then he did the copycat. But as you and I yeah. did on that documentary, the actual style of the way he did it on the plane, the copycat, and the way yeah. he went about it was completely different in character. That's right. So, so that... therefore, mm. you know, I think it boils down to the character on the plane and the character on the plane was very calm yeah, most yeah. of the time. Just just while we're on that thing, I think it is, was it Richard Floyd Jr.? Because you said Richard, is it Richard McCoy Jr. or Richard Floyd Jr.? Yeah, it, Richard, it's, it's McCoy. It is oh. McCoy, but that's, yeah, is that his full name? Yeah. Yeah, okay, then right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's all the behaviour, isn't it? Behaviour kind of tells... And do you remember the, uh, the guy that used to be a, a sort of TA, part-time Special Forces guy? Oh, I knew Richard McCoy Jr. He says, um, 
he used to do helicopter park when we're in the National Guard together or something. And he says, yeah. on weekends, we'd be billeted together. And we used to, he said something like, we used to practice doing these scenarios and dressing up. He says, and he says something like, trust me, he says, I was never serious to carry any of them out. He said, right. but this guy, McCoy Jr. was obsessed yeah. with D.B. Cooper thing and wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. And he was yeah. the one that when he did the copycat, he rang the FBI up and says, I think it's him. Yeah. Because he is always going on about it. That's right. And then the other aspect of the programme, documentary I thought was quite interesting was the final episode, which actually seemed to focus quite a lot in on the magazine, the comic, Dan Cooper story. Yes, I think you've hit the nail on the head here. Yeah, go on. Because they yeah. seem to sort of, well, they seem to sort of have the first three episodes, which were sort of going through a lot of the evidence, a lot of the staff looking at the different characters involved. And then that last uh, episode really focused in on this comic that was created by someone similar to Hergé, who mm. did the Tintin uh, comics. But he was the guy who actually was creating them, creating them was actually at base, went to some of these air bases and in Canada, all the, the planes. And he, he actually looked at the guys and he said, yeah, you're my hero. You're the hero. You look like you do all this. And I think if you're if you're aware of somebody doing that and you get to know them, maybe maybe if you're based there and you'd read these comics and you maybe would be influenced by it, I could see. Because they're so real. Apparently, they're, they're, they're quite good, um, authentic kind of comics, weren't they, in terms of their detail? Yeah, and it is stuff. very, very powerful. It's very powerful. I mean, yeah. Jerry Anderson in Britain, very, very yeah, powerful. When he modelled the uh, yeah. puppets, the Thunderbirds, you know, yeah. they're modelled on the American the American space astronaut look, aren't yeah. they? It's, very, it's a very, very powerful image that they go for. It is, yeah. And, and, you can and imagine... as you say, this comic artist went to the Canadians and he's looking for the hero to be able to draw. Yeah, and then they identify with it, don't they? And then they maybe, as you say, they, they use that as the bait because the story is quite, it's more than coincidence. It's, it's a quite a sort of, the storyline is him hijacking uh an airplane then jumping out isn't it i mean i've not read the yes there is an episode now. of that whatever that was but it is it, it, definitely it's mm. definitely you know it's definitely um there an inspiration and so you can see somebody being really inspired by that and the fact that they maybe read comics may not not that i mean i don't read comics or graphic novels should we say things like that you could yeah. sort of make that give you an indication of the kind of person it might be somebody who's yeah and, and as i said in our 50th anniversary one the only suspect mm. but unless they're dead unless they, d they died in the drop the yeah. only suspect who talks in great detail about how they did it was mm. dayton and right. you wouldn't go to those details particularly if the real guy showed up yeah <laughs> But until he until he retracted it when he or she retracted it when they found out about strategy limitations. But he he divulged a lot of information. And yeah. by you but he's using this word depth finder. Mm. You know, you're tying it and using perhaps using some of the money as a depth finder on a rope. Right. So at night, you know, that hits the ground first. Mm, so, that, mm. so that it it tells him to bend his knees it puts him in the position so he knows because the ground will rush up he won't see the ground coming towards him you break your leg easy oh. yeah. and in world war Two, they had these um if you watch the uh hbo series of um band of brothers that's it oh, band of brothers, band right, of okay. brothers. Yeah. well you know the british they always say the americans oh the british invented the leg bag it was rubbish when we fell out when we came out of the plane a lot of them ripped off so they've got a leg bag full of equipment that they tie to their leg. But of course, when they were going out of the plane, they were going out of the plane far too fast. Right. And far too high. Yeah. You know, because they're being hit on all sides. But the idea was with the leg bag that when you get to like, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 foot from the ground or whatever, you, mm. you pull and then it takes the ties off and then the leg bag drops. On I think about 20 or 30 foot of rope. So not only acting as perhaps a depth finder, but what it is doing, it means that when you're actually landing on impact, you haven't got that extra weight. Yeah. You're not carrying the extra weight when you hit the deck. And of right. course, in the D.B. Cooper problem is the fact they're saying, oh, he's got 29 pound extra weight. He's got the weight of the money that he hasn't anticipated because and the mm. duffel bag didn't have the drawstrings, but he did have a jump knife on him to cut a, 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 a mm. situation to make something. Right. And so making a depth finder, and depth finder is a naval term, really. It's not a yeah. aviation. I'll help you that in that sense, because is it not all happening so fast? Yeah, I know what you're saying, RJ, there. Um, I was thinking you were on about the uh, cutting up the uh, 
the parachute's on the plane but you're on about the actual drop well if you can hear the thud surely that has to be an advantage because you won't get the ground rush you won't see you might not see the ground rush coming up if you're lucky enough to land on a flat bit or somewhere that's you know not a tree or not water so um, if you heard that thud and then put yourself in the parachute position that would give you an advantage you wouldn't be breaking your legs and the problem i would see is that if he's not careful as he mm. makes jump Whatever he's made that depth finder out will go, will rip off as he go, go it'll, it'll tear off as he yeah. goes out the plane. But then yeah. again, if he's using what, what um, American servicemen used to call type three nylon, which is a like parachute cord, if they're using that kind of material, he's had, he, if he's tied right, he won't, he won't come off no matter how fast they come out, 200 miles. Well, it's you know you might start. lose some of the money but it won't it won't come off it's all yeah. speculation yeah yeah and i think yeah. we we come back to this point of um loch ness monster and uh and db cooper you know, you know some people say well they can't be that bright because they're uh they're both below sea level you know, yeah. that's kind of kind of good joke there yeah probably needed a drummer to go Doodoosh after that joke. And that, um, you know, Very and, good. That's good. Uh, yeah. and how do they both keep cool? Well, they've uh, clearly they've both got a lot of fans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah another little bit of a drum there. Doodoosh. Absolutely terrible. But uh, so there is a similarity between Loch Ness and DB Cooper or Dan Cooper, as he would yeah. like to Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's it's definitely an aspect of it that shouldn't be underestimated, I don't think. But I noticed that both Bruce Smith and um, Jeffrey Gray, they are both clever in the fact that they don't commit themselves to anybody, which is the correct truth. thing to do. Yeah, well, obviously, I think for Tom Colbert, it kind of came back on him a little bit, didn't it? Because it was undone. This, the whole thing, you know fell apart for him because and the, 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 the danger is if you're spending all that money on one person yeah and halfway through it doesn't it might not be this person you, you you're too far down the track you it, can't do uh, a u-turn on it it's difficult to it, do a u-turn isn't it robert rackstraw's got all the credentials to do the thing mm, but mm. Uh, to prove it as the fbi say if you haven't got the money and you haven't got the parachute and you haven't got anything conclusive to prove this person or a, a skeleton, mm. a DNA or a body, you've got nothing. It's quite a strange thing, isn't it? Because when you watch that film, the, the documentary, they were approaching him, weren't they, at that sort of marina, saying, basically trying to say to him, look, hey, do you want to make some fun? Oh, they, didn't they offer Rackstraw 20 grand if he said he yeah, was they said, That's right, we'll do an interview with you. And he I'll pay you 20 grand. Gone, yeah, he could have sat there and going, well, yeah. Give me the 20 grand, it's me. And then when the FBI come up, say, no, it's not me. But I yeah, said it was me, so to get the 20 grand. Yeah. I just, I kind of thought, even at that point, they're, they're kind of clutching at straws and they're kind of revealing themselves for what they really are. They're just trying to make some cash, really. I think, ultimately, they were driven by trying to make cash. But that rack straw, he could have gone along with it, couldn't he? But he didn't. And as you say, he's obviously straightened out a bit. Yeah, it's an excellent point, RJ. And uh, yeah, these people were desperate, you know, to you don't go up to um, a would-be bank robber or somebody like that years later and say, hey, look, here's 20 grand just to say you do it. So it'll, it'll affect my book and it'll make me feel better. You know, it's absolutely ludicrous that you would do that. But um, even he would have been saying at that point, look, you guys, you just got to ease off. Was he not trying to take... Um, he was toying uh, with them. I think he doing injunctions on them to try and say to them... In the end, him. yes, I think yeah. he, he could do some defamation. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? Because remember that Amelia Earhart thing we did? And they, they somebody accused... That this lady won, won a court case, didn't she? Yeah. So it's really difficult, isn't it? In America, they're so litigious. Aren't they? They'll sue you for anything and everything. It's, it's surprising, really, isn't it? So, Going they? back to Rackstraw in Vietnam, when the CIA mm. guy turns up, befriends yeah. him, takes him away for two or three days, and then yeah. coerces in him to doing whatever low-level flying or doing some secret operation. It's quite easy because you, the average chopper pilot is probably early 20s. He, he's older. He's older. Yeah. And he's, that, that few years older is more likely when the CIA guy comes along to coerce somebody, to get somebody to, to go come into the fold. Yeah, if, he, if he's got a guy at 27, 28 against a guy at 23, 24, 22, that's a good guy for him to try and to try and bring him into his fold, isn't it? It's a slightly mm. older guy that he could he could use here, I think. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think so. What, to, yeah, I'm just 
slightly not that that they, makes any they, difference to this yeah yeah i'm just sort of wondering he's he's obviously experienced his life and he? he got accused of murdering an uncle or something didn't he yeah. the, uh, yeah, George, which, is, yeah. which is a bizarre thing in itself then he gets as you sort of say brought into they think doing running aeroplane or helicopter yeah, things in Iran and yeah. Nicaragua and the CIA do you think then at some point he then goes right I'm, I'm going to get out of this maybe he's sort of seen seen like death too close and then he straightens out and he comes back but he's still got this thing hanging over him this D.B. Cooper thing which yeah. he may be sort of fed a little bit at the time but then afterwards he's thinking oh, I just want to get away from that now yeah, I think so. Um, as you get in older. a nice way, he wants to do it in a sort of diplomatic, nice yeah. way to these people. Like, just leave me alone. Yeah. I've got my boat. Poverty sucks, isn't it? In yeah. San Diego. I know, <laughs> brilliant name. Yeah, but he's got, but he's, he's got, stashed he's his got money. That, he's got the comedy. He's got that little devilment. He's got that little thing in him, hasn't he? Yeah. The suicidal thing of throwing yourself out on a November night over trees and water. Without the correct equipment, it's it's a really really right. got to not want to live much or li- you right. you know I think he he quite likes living yeah, yeah. And, you know the guy that threw himself out was um, wasn't bothered either way because most parachutists would say well I'm not I'm not going out over trees no or chance he naive and just didn't quite realise that was going to happen didn't yeah I doubt it in Rackstraw. No, no, not flying, not flying people into hot spots in Vietnam every day. No, I, I just think that he knows he, he's not, he's not, he, he's he's survive, he's a survivor. What do you think he would have got out of it though, in perpetuating the story back in the seventies? Those sort of seventy after the thing, seventy one, seventy two, seventy. Yeah, they like the notoriety, don't they? they I mean, look, yeah. we had all the all these suspects. They all want to be it. Yeah. They? But do you think he was that making money out of it? Do you think he he was getting money out of it to sort of be give him a Wikipedia page, doesn't it? Gives him a gives him a. Well, but back then, a bit like had... Tom Colbert wants to wants to solve it to get his Wikipedia page. They all get they all want to yeah, be on. You know, like Andy Warhol had that thing of fifteen minutes of fame back yes. in the day, didn't he? Yes. And yes. To a certain extent, you've got that going on with this culture of the especially the American culture, isn't it? Sort of glossy magazines. TV, buy this, sell, buy all this, and being up within that world is obviously yeah. might make you money, even though you, very indirectly. But did he make money out of it? Do you think the rack straw guy being associated with it? No, I'm, I don't think he would. No, have it's just it's just sort Unless of a kind of like it just added to his sort of. I think it, I think he just liked the idea that they thought he was it, and he he liked yeah. to be. He liked to sort of egg them on because he he because he's got that glint in his eye. You can even see him when he's on the documentary when he's arrested years and yeah. years before when they ask him about being DB Cooper, and he's yeah. the glint comes in the eyes. If um, I'm going to play with these journalists here, or yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to egg them on. Sometimes when the you know they were showing footage of him, like it seemed like he was either arrested or he was in. Yes, yeah, so I remember that. Yeah. He kind of could have said, look, then, look, I'm nothing to do with it. But then, you know, some people try and say things, and the, the lawyers and everybody kind of goes, yeah, this guy's faking, and we all know it. Are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they kind of sitting there going, right, so you're telling us this, and they're going, but we don't really believe you in their heads. They're going, we don't believe you. And he's kind of, as you say, he's got a look in his eye that's looking at the camera going, he's well. He's got a glint in his eye. Whereas the yeah. Dayton business, when the foremans uh, confront this, you know, they say they had another sleepless night when they found out not that it was a woman. They had a sleepless night when they had another sleepless night when they found out he confessed. He said he's DB Cooper because they thought it was going to come back and kill them. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's more serious. And when later he said, I said to Barb, was it a real bomb? And he got really mad or she got mad and says, I don't do fake and got yeah. mad. Not a glint yeah. in the eye, not being happy and funny or got serious yeah. and says, I don't do fake. Well, somebody yeah. that's um, been an action man or an action woman, the way they've done it, uh, yeah. all the parachuting, all the stuff with the Merchant Marine, all the explosive, all the stuff they've done, yeah. being that serious, is, is, and it somebody that's had a sex, a sex change as well, yeah. saying, I don't do fake. Well, yeah. you go along with that, that person doesn't do fake. They actually go through with it. Yeah, it's a sort of a, an identity, an aspect of identity and authenticity with somebody as how they like to 
feel they live their lives, maybe, isn't it? That Whereas if you, every time they ask Rackstraw, Rackstraw goes, ah, well, you know, they say I am. Could have been. I could have done it. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done explosives. Yeah, I've done flying yeah. clubs. You know, he's, he's got all these things. And what the, the, C, and the CIA up. lady, when she says, um, yeah. he sounds like a special forces chap. She says, what does a CIA bloke sound like? He says, doesn't sound like anything because they don't tell you anything. No, no, he's just bragging, wasn't he? he was just, he was just so he's bragging. Just going, he's just going, yeah, I could do that. Maybe uh, Rackstraw did have one more trick up his sleeve to be a bit of a devil and was waiting for the FBI, absolutely waiting for to put him on trial, to put him on trial to say, you are Cooper, and then get his lawyers on it and to prove that he isn't and uh, get a huge payout for defamation and all the rest of it. So uh, he might have been playing that game. And he never says he can and he never says... Ne well, you know, that's the American thing, isn't it? Poker, isn't it? That's their national game, isn't it? Poker. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But it's just that whole thing, isn't it? It's about outwitting someone with a with a crap hand, isn't it? You just yeah. stay to them. I'm and the problem is with the Dayton thing is that if it wasn't somebody completely different and it did turn out to be Dayton, it would be devastating for many, many Americans. Oh, yes. We just said that. But didn't we just before? because... Just simply the issues and the, and the, yeah. it would be devastating. Well, the, there was one of the, well, at the very beginning of that um, documentary, someone they just spoke to in the street was saying, what did you think of that audacious crime? And uh, the guys have said, he's got to be the slickest cat that's and it's like that. I think they want someone that's them. They would if be. They'd said, if they'd said in 1971, 1972 to that same chap in the street, yeah. no, he'd had a sex change the year before. And he'd oh, yeah, they wouldn't gone, like that. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't take it on board. No, no, no he was a special forces guy. He was one of us. He was one of us. He's yeah. one of us. They wouldn't <laughs> accept it. No, no. It's and funny, I, isn't it? It's funny. You know, but um, but I, I suppose from our little update today, though, with all these documentaries, I'm sure they'll make a lot more. But I, yeah. I, I agree with the FBI. It's unlikely to be ever, ever solved. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's getting too long now, isn't it? Um, whoever, if they're still alive now. Yeah, I, I, I just think I, do, I, I think they're probably deceased. And, and if, if it had been somebody else other than the original suspects, mm, then mm. that's it, it's buried, it's gone, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. it's gone, you know. Yeah, it's just it, one of those things, I don't know, they, they, as you say, they'll never resolve it really, but yeah. which is so, really So good. I suppose in conclusion, I'm just yeah. wondering why they will continue to have the convention, why they mm -hmm. keep, keep doing it, is it is it a money thing? Well, it's all about, I guess it's an identity, isn't it? It's all being part of a tribe, a group of people that believe in this thing, and They'll just keep that going. And if you want to be part of that gang, as it were. And... Yeah. yeah, I suppose it's like the um, the early 1930s thing, which uh, that's when it first happened. Uh, the tourism board uh, in Loch Ness and in Inverness, for example, became huge. And, of course, there's a, a tourism industry in Portland and surrounding areas for the D.B. Cooper thing. So, um, you know, from a, from a leisure, and industry, leisure industry point of view, uh, that has to be a good thing the longer it continues. Yeah, I just got this vision of turning up at one of those conventions where they're fighting on stage, yeah. you know, saying, it's not oh. me, it's her, it's her, yeah. it's him, you know, because yeah. it, it, it doesn't make, and, and it's about, I guess it's about selling books, isn't it, and selling. Yeah, I think it's lots of different things. There's loads of different aspects to it now that, you know, when, we, when you look back at things. But what and... it does show, even though I think if it wasn't uh, somebody who died in the drop, it, it, it might well be Dayton. I wouldn't be foolish enough the way that the Tom Colbert character's gone and done, spending all that money down one track of one person, because that's that's kind of a foolish route to, to go down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it does. I think he's slightly exposed in the programme to that, but I think he does get redeemed towards the very the third episode. Yeah. I mean, I respect, I respect the work he's done. I think it's fantastic all the effort he's put in yeah it's it just it, it's a line of inquiry it's yeah. a line isn't it i think his contribution was the fact that he was able to he sued the fbi to release the data didn't he 
Oh, did he? Did he actually sue I think them? That and that's what they say actually was a quite a that's good contribution. Yeah, so he's done a great job there. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job because then he's, all that information gets released um, and you know keeps the thing going really. So obviously he did yeah, it. So that obviously helps his cause as well, doesn't it? So it's helped everybody. So it just keeps it all going really. And we'll be here in the next fifty. I'll see you in yeah. the next fifty years' time to talk about it a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new will come up now. No, that's no. it finished and i think yeah. that we did the right thing was to focus on the guy on the plane because that's what that's what we do know yeah. we know how he acted on the plane nobody has any idea of anything else and it's been too long so yeah. it'll it'll go into myth and legend the way that uh loch ness and uh jack the ripper yeah. jack the ripper loch ness db cooper and it would have been very different had somebody on the plane been killed. Yeah, I think it would have been, actually, yes. It would have had a different dynamic, wouldn't it? Um, you know, like the great train robbery when some poor person on the yeah. footplate died of his injuries later. It yeah. puts a... There's a tarny... It changes the whole perspective, doesn't mm. it? Mm. You know, mm. rather than the fact that nobody was injured, everybody's... Yeah, but it was very strange. I, I I don't want to... I shouldn't bring Tina into it, Tina Muckler, because she, I, as I said on the last one, she's the hero for me. She is the hero on that on, on the whole thing. To ask her after 40-some years to look at the picture of Rackstraw, very difficult, isn't it? After 40-some years. Mm. But then she says, no, I don't think it's him. But he was trying to sort of take it, the photo ID, the photo... And, and, and they all say he, he was... The, the guy was wearing makeup. So I suppose we'll leave it there, RJ. It's, uh, we, so yeah. I, I don't think I don't think it's going any further, do you? No, no. As I say, we'll, we'll meet up in fifty years' time and talk about it again. Yeah, and eventually they'll Hopefully. they'll get they'll narrow the aluminum or the the uh, they'll narrow it down to one plane, one Canadian yeah. bit of fibre off the tie. The finally, and then when they yeah. narrow the tie right down to the last millimetre. And then, yeah. they'll, then a year later, they'll prove that the tie never belonged to him. Well, that's the strange thing, actually. Just before, one of the thing, aspects of modern day sort of forensics and things like that is if they had just bagged all the evidence mm. and left it and then thought, well, look, in the future, we might need to be able to resolve this with this evidence if it survived. It doesn't sort of crumble to nothing. Like, it's really interesting. Like, say, actually, 50 years, 100 years from now, there may be a way of identifying something from a fragment of information um but it's still going to be quite tenuous isn't it that kind of it is and in 1971 would they thought that a cigarette butt would, would they thought that they would be yeah um, would they and like do they when they found um, well that's the only the... thing they only the only other thing was the yeah. fact that McCoy Jr. was brought up in a place called Raleigh. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know, he was a Mormon, but he was a non-smoker, non oh, right. you know, But that Raleigh was the place that he was brought up, which made me right. think. Mm. But, mm. Uh, but a guy, it's a non-smoker and a non-drinker who, who, who yeah. drinks and smokes on the plane, who's, who's fought in Vietnam. No, he's no. not going to suddenly start smoking on the plane to create a subterfuge. No, no. it's not going to happen. No, it's interesting. It's all good stuff. It's enjoyable. And, yeah, uh, so we'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll yeah. leave them with Nessie, with uh, <laughs> with the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but well, we'll have to. We'll we'll get our folding chairs up and we'll we'll get our fishing rods and go over. Uh, yeah. Look. And um, just at the moment we arrive, pitch up half an hour after we've pitched up, it'll all become apparent and it will reveal. But they say that they say the clues in in Canada. I say the clue was always at that small airfield at Pallyput, the, the small airfield where the foremans flew out of. I oh, still think that flying out from there every day. Yeah. That, that was, that's quite significant, you know, because it is that route, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So they get to know it. Not that you'd know it in the night time anyway. No, no, no. Okay, so that's our update, RJ. Nothing else to report really, apart from that. We've, uh, I think that's our last. That's going to be our last one. We, um, With uh, we're going to announce yeah. to the world case closed. Case closed, yes. Case yeah. closed with the RF. As, the as, as we speak, you know, there'll be people going. They can't possibly. Well, no, the FBI, isn't it? We've got to just you got to do it, haven't you? The FBI chat. We kept saying I'm with the FBI. Parties. They they might have been fighting in lumps to each each office to try and solve the case, but when it boils down to it, it's just that it's just another robbery that they haven't. It's just a robbery yeah. that oh. they haven't solved, and it's no yeah. slow level really. 
in it is to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, yeah in a certain extent. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Okay, RJ. Okay, great on. stuff. Good to chat. Yep, catch you later. So that was our update on DB Cooper. It was uh, great to get RJ back, thanks to him for his time, and to finalise our last uh, DB Cooper. Okay, I'm going to take it out with uh, more of my DB Cooper blues. You can get the whole thing on Harpo the Healer YouTube. DB Cooper blues, music, harp, and uh, lyrics. Harpo the Healer. <laughs> On the flats, I say, hey man, that's funny. They won't drop the back stairs. Okay, then I'll do it in the air. Yeah, cause I got a case full of explosives. Tell me, Dan Cooper's in charge of the split. Yeah, well, we level at 10,000, flat to 15 degrees. Drop that back staircase, man, there's one. Satisfaction. Baby Cooper's gone forever and a day.